This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. You want to support us in 2022? You want to give a late Christmas gift? You don't want to give a late Christmas gift because you think that's weird, giving someone a gift to our Patreon? Oh, it might be weird, but let me convince you. Or I won't convince you, but let me know. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you do. You'll get access to our Discord. You'll get BSBOTs. And you get to support cool people like us. We're not cool? 2022 doesn't... It doesn't... Nothing we've done is bad? Okay, all right. Done having that conversation. We, and we, uh, by that I mean the New York Rangers were supposed to play the Detroit Red Wings today. That did not happen. We're supposed to play Florida on Wednesday. Fingers crossed. But we have Ryan Han on from Wing Wheel Podcast. They are an excellent Detroit Red Wings podcast. Top of the line. On another independent podcast, we look out for each other very fun times. With that being said, we go over what's go- what should have happened in tonight's game. What's going on in Detroit. And Greg convinces me on, you know, maybe some arguments he had last week. They're starting to sink in. Anyway, I hope you have a happy holidays, a wonderful new year. Stay safe and happy, happy everything from us. Just go out there and achieve. We believe in you. We're proud dads. All right, let's get to the show. Mark Messier. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. It's been a long year. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Bullshit Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com slash Bullshit Breakaway, where you can support this podcast, where there is no Rangers hockey to talk about. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Ryan? Yes. I can't think of... I've, I've been trying to think for the last seven seconds about things in the sports world that people get worked up about that I care less about than World Juniors. I think it's probably the Olympics is the thing you cared less about for Olympic hockey. No, I fucking love the... Oh, well, Olympic hockey. Yes. You like the Again, Olympics. I mean, we're big biathlon. I'm not talking about the biathlons, Greg. We know how serious you are about those things. I am a big biathlon guy and itching to bet on some speed skating. We've, I've, yes, there's a lot of jokes here, and I will Promo code them. blue shirts. There we go. All right, fun times. Uh, let's get to it. Right to it, right off the rip. The NHL has postponed uh, some games for the New York Rangers. They have also called the taxi squad. As of right now, we're recording actually a day early. Uh, due to some circumstances. Uh, very strange, I know. You have no proof of this. Uh, that's correct. I, I, I don't have timestamps or anything for the podcast, which is good. Uh, but the Rangers uh, have been pushed back, and they have three players in protocol as of right now, and that's Georgiev, Nemeth, who was already in protocol, and Ryan Lindgren. I do not know the... I should know this, what the return to play uh, time would be for these players. The next scheduled game for the Rangers that is still on, as of this time in recording on the 26th, is versus the Panthers in Florida. Uh, will the Rangers fly to Florida to play the Panthers and then the Lightning on Friday and then the Lightning again on Sunday? Time will tell. I have a feeling maybe the NHL will push things back one more time as they're figuring things out. But the taxi squad is as follows, Gregory, and then we can kind of debate it a little bit. It's a, it's a, it's now through the All Star break. It's a max six players. Those t- six players could be on the taxi squad for up to twenty days. They are treated as AHL for cap purposes and injuries. And uh, they are ineligible on NHL rosters in December 22, waivers exempt, and on NHL rosters, 54 days of blah, 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 whatever. So pretty much they're on they're on the rosters uh, for 20 days. They can be on there, and they're on there until the All-Star break. But this probably means that the Rangers are going to call up Morgan Barron. Keith Kincaid will be on this for sure. Uh, I'd imagine there are other players down there uh, that will also get a shot from the AHL. People you've probably heard of before, but... Uh, non-starters, as as all the entire league deals with um, putting everybody on COVID protocol. I just don't know what the point is of the Texas squad. We talked about this with our guest today. 
Ryan from Wing Wheeled Podcast stops by, and at the end of that, I, I, I explain this again, but I'll say it right now for all the good people because I'm a man who likes to deliver. I what's the how does this help? Who benefits? I the, the this, only people that benefit is the NHL because they're trying to make these games happen no matter what. Does the NHL benefit? Is my question though, because you're telling me uh, it it's better for Zach Jones to sit on the taxi squad than it is for him to play in Hartford. It's better for Morgan Barron. Keith, I'm, Keith doesn't really matter. Keith's ready to go whenever he's ready to go. Goalies like that doesn't matter. My young prospects, I don't want them practicing and sitting. I want them playing. This just, it doesn't even feel like a half measure. To me, this is a no measure. The simple solution for me is to, once again, all the NHL has to do is try to mimic the NBA in the, in, uh, the best way it could. The NBA has these 10-day hardship contracts where when teams get hit by the bug, they can sign guys, some of them essentially off the street. Like I saw the Lakers sign Darren Collison, who hadn't played in the league in two years. They, well, and, hold on, hold on. I do want to say this. So the NHL has uh, something called the revised emergency exception rule. So emergency exceptions are a $0 cap hit. They're now eligible for cap hits under $1 million up to 850 k Right, which is essentially you take a player off your taxi squad, you put them in the league. That's correct, yeah. But that should have been it. I don't. I just. I don't understand why. Why have the taxi squad? Like, if, if you get, if someone gets sick, you have to make a player move anyway. Mm-hmm. You're telling for the Rangers specifically, and there. Are, I know there are some teams where it's not as convenient as your minor league team being in Hartford when you're playing in New York. But for the Rangers specifically, if someone gets sick on Monday and you don't play again until Tuesday, okay, it's an hour train ride or whatever it is. And he'll be here. Like, it, it, I don't I don't know. It just, the taxi squad to me seems unnecessary. They should have done the emergency waiver ineligible ex- exemption, whatever it's called. I'm going to do some hindsight Where? slandering. I know this sounds crazy. Okay. But yeah, the Islanders dealt with some serious COVID outbreaks before this. Oh, yeah, no, marriage. their shit should have been canceled a lot sooner, huh? Yes. Yeah, the Islanders yeah. dealt with some serious stuff. And I, I, to be fair, we said this at the time. Yeah, I, I don't want to feel bad for the Islanders. I try not to, but they are human beings too, and they are an NHL team. And if this happened to the Rangers, I'd be pissed. The okay, fact good that, news, Matt Barzal has been found. That's good. I was worried about that. He was missing for a long it time. It went on a little too long, right? It did. Like It was, it was <laughs> funny, and then we got to like the one-week, ten-day mark, and at some point it was just like, okay, seriously. How does nobody know where this fucker is? He's Matt Barzal. Yeah, he's the best player on the Islanders. How does no one figure this out? But now that he has been found, looking back, the team, they dealt with a lot of COVID issues and a COVID outbreak that was just decimating to their standings, to the way they played. And they, for the NHL, forced it on without this taxi squad rule, even though we're not exactly the biggest fans of it here, which allows the NHL to move forward, hopefully, through this impossible to navigate situation. Should have probably been implemented months ago. I don't understand how that wasn't discussed before the season started. Before the season started, there should have been an understanding that if an outbreak happened within your team, so the NHL's goal here is to keep games going, right? That is the That's goal. Absolutely, the goal. So when an outbreak happens on your team, there should have been a mechanism in place that allowed you not acquire players from outside your organization, but any of your fifty contract eligible players should be eligible for your lineup regardless of cap hit as long as someone on your main roster is in COVID protocol and then once they come out of protocol that player is done he has to go that like there are some things where 
there are no perfect answers, and I get that. This one feels pretty easy. If the goal is to just play games, okay, any of my 50 eligible contracts can come up in a COVID emergency recall. That COVID emergency recall is not salary cap compliant or waivers eligible. They are only here to play until my player who is sick is no longer sick, and then that player is gone. And I feel like that, you know, wash your hands, you're done, you're good. Worry about the next problem. I think that's the best way to handle it. So it just it seems like the only logical way to be. I'm open to other ideas if people have them, but it the NHL is making this too hard, I feel like. Understand that things are fucked up. Understand that things are not going to get better. And understand that you're just going to have to do shit you normally wouldn't do in order to get through this period if the end goal is to just keep playing games, right? So if, if the goal is to keep playing games, say, fuck it. If you're under contract from this team before the season started, you're good to go. If not, shit out of luck. Nothing better. I don't think we can say anything else. Do you think the Rangers will play this week? Yes. I do too. I think they play Wednesday night. Hopefully. I think it's – well, credit where credit's due. This hasn't really bombed the Rangers roster They've yet. played two – I know Nemeth. I thought Lindgren was out today. Yeah, it's Lindgren, Georgiev, and Nemeth. So time will come. The Rangers eh. – I mean, Lindgren's, that hurts. Lindgren's but. rough because I was looking at the practice squad uh, today and the lines were Fox, Hayek. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, Fo- listen, yeah, Fox, Fox, Hayek, then Miller, Truba. Cool, 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 cool. That's nice. And then it's uh, Tenorti Niels. Can you think of anything that uh, would boost Fox's Norris candidacy more than making Lieber Hayek passable? Not a single thing. That's what, when you could do the impossible, and that's what Adam Fox can do. He could do the impossible yep. every single day, uh-huh. day in, day out. When you carry Lieber Hayek like that, which he's done before, and make him look like a serviceable NHL player, that's Norris quality, baby. That's all you can and get. And that, man, that man's ripping, roaring, ready to go. He's full of Chinese food and movie theater popcorn. Let's that's, go, baby. That's, he celebrated the holidays right. Hope you guys had a great holidays out there. We're still uh, sort of in the midst of it right now, so very fun times. Very disappointed in the Kingsman, by the way. That's yeah, I did watch. Uh, now that we're talking movies, I watched Don't Look Up today. Thought that was fun. Oh, that was fun. Seen that one yet. Yeah, it's fun. People will probably hate it. I, I thought it was good. Um, anyway, moving on from that, that was movie talk with Ryan and Greg. Yeah. You, hey, wait, hey, quick, quick, quick. How was Sing? Sing two. Uh, spoiler alert. Now that uh, we haven't timestamped this podcast, but since we're recording on Sunday, mm-hmm. Sing two is now a Monday afternoon thing. Okay, so okay, that's good. I'll edit that out. I'll keep it in. What? No. <laughs> Let the people know. I'm going to have opinions on it tomorrow, and then they're going to listen to this podcast, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, Greg said he was going to do that. Okay. Well, we'll talk about Sing 2. If you want to hear about Sing 2, we'll talk about a BSBOT this week, post-game of the floor. You remember uh, – let, let's play a game of BSB remembers. We did Baby you Driver. way back when when yes. we did an emergency standalone podcast nice guys. on us talking about Baby Driver? We did Nice Guys, too. I fucking love Nice, nice Guys. Nice Guys, great movie. Amazing. Watch it. You watch guys it like go two weeks find ago. that shit. That shit's out there still. I can't. Nice Guys was like a, a good marketing ploy away from being a franchise, like a John Wick yeah. kind of deal. And I don't. They. I don't. They don't think they fucked it up. It just didn't hit the way. It, it's an amazing movie, front to back. The elevator scene. Mwah. Mwah. And everything Ryan Gosling does in that movie is great. It's amazing. Russell Crowe's a banger too. To be honest. All right, uh, let's get to it. So the Rangers go, are going to go into this game versus Florida uh, with three, at least three players in protocol, two of their starting defensemen. That means our our, our defensive lines are Hayek and Fox, uh, Miller and Truba, and then Tenorti Niels. Uh, everyone else is intact on the 
at least for now, for the forward lines. We'll see what happens with COVID the rest of the week and the, and the trip down to Florida, of course. What can we kind of expect going into this Florida game? The Rangers haven't played in over two weeks. I think the only, the whole NHL is a shit show right now. But Igor Shosturkin is back. Artemi Panarin is back. They both seem very healthy. Everyone's ready to go that's not in, not in COVID protocol. And I think the Rangers are going to have a good test on their hands here with Florida. And uh, obviously, a back to not a back-to-back, but uh, in two and three days with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Cheaters, by the way. Uh, I'm expecting a shit show, and I'm expecting someone else not to be available for this game before it plays. So, therefore, I'm not going to really answer this question and pivot entirely. I like Ryan, it. Ryan, something I've been thinking about since you and I last talked. Um, remember way back when, BSP remembers, that yeah, hashtag BSP remembers. I said the Rangers needed to go all in or reasons why Never I heard of this. Was, this wasn't on last was, week's episode, was it? Yes. Okay. Previously <laughs> on BSP. Okay. Uh, I've, I've revised my opinion for you. Before you do that, like give people a yeah. second because people in the car are now listening going, hmm, finally, Greg has found some sense. He's not willing yes. to trade Brendan Othman for Hurdle. Okay? That, uh-huh. Three, two, one. Okay, go ahead. I think it's irresponsible if the Rangers don't go all in. Like, <laughs> criminally irresponsible. Let me, let, me paint the, let me paint the picture for you. No, no, please do because I have to admit, uh, and I do, I do love eating some crow, I still wouldn't uh-huh. do the Othman for Hurdle trade, but – uh, so I will say again, guys, that is the extreme. It's an extreme hypothetical to go to, and yes. it, it's to make the point, and that's it. And it does make yes. the point. But do I, think, I think it would I take Othman. Do I think it would take Othman to get Hurdle? Not necessarily. Would I do it? Yes, that was the point I was making. But how many times have we talked about how locked into this roster the Rangers are after this season if they sign Strom, whether they sign Strom or not, whoever. They put in Strom's place, whether it's Strom or someone else, for the next four years. That's the New York Rangers roster. That's it. We're done. Game over. Thanks for coming. We're riding and dying with this roster. This year, year of our Lord 2021, soon to be 2022. This is the last time the New York Rangers don't only have cap space, significant cap space. All the cap space in the world to do whatever the fuck they want for this season. And they can do any trade that they want because their farm system is as strong as it's possibly going to be. Some of the young guys that they have that are rising stars are going to age out. And you are relying on the Rangers to refill this prospect pool with reliable guys. Now, they've been pretty good about it in the past. But again, no guarantees. So the prospect pool is as good as it's going to be. Your cap space is as high as it's going to be. And again, this is the only, not the only time, but the last time in the next four years, Ryan, where the Rangers can go outside the organization, bring in a high-level caliber player without having to take off one of their 18 regulars from the lineup on a nightly basis. If they want to do a trade next year, it's going to have to be money in, money out. Someone's going. The year after that, money in, money out. Someone's going. The year after that, Kreider or Truba, money's going. This is it. This is the only season in the next four years where the Rangers can go shopping in the most expensive stores for any player that they want to make their team as good as possible for this big run. Whether you think they're ready or not, it's almost not the point at right now. It's actually not this the is, point. because That's not the point. It's just, we're just, it's your last opportunity. This isn't the bet I would have gotten in, but I'm in it. And now I need to make the best of it. And this is the only year the Rangers can do this. 
I want Joe Pavelski, but I need the Dallas Stars to throw a fit. If it's not going to be Pavelski, someone like Hurdle. But I, I just I don't know how to explain to people whether you think the Rangers are ready or not. It's not the point. This is the only year they can afford to make this kind of move. And to say, well, then I just want to do it. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I, I just don't understand. Your team is first or near the top of a super competitive division that is volatile on a year-to-year basis where we think at least one of the teams currently at the bottom of the division won't be there anymore come next year. So you have this unique opportunity gifted to you by the misfortune of those around you. And you're just going to be like, eh, I guess that's fine. I don't really care. Fuck that. Go all in. I thought about this a lot over the weekend. Uh, I had a couple long drives to think about the Rangers. As is tradition, what you do on long drives. I thought about all the teams in the East. And I know we kind of went through this last week, but I, I think you're right. When it comes to having Igor Shesterkin and Adam Fox, isn't that kind of all you need to steal a series? Isn't that kind of all you need is Igor Shesterkin? That's what the Rangers did for years with Henrik Lundqvist. And there's no team this year that I, I would consider. Even the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I'm sure have a switch to turn it on, right? I'm sure they do. And we'll see them this weekend. It's called a salary cap loophole. They haven't found it yet. That's true. You're right. You're right. Those cheaters. cheaters. Uh, we, they, they have that switch. I'm sure they do. But the, and the Maple Leafs haven't proven it. The Panthers, we still don't know. The Bruins are a mess. The Hurricanes, I mean, they're the Hurricanes. I know they're good right now, but can the Rangers outperform them in the playoffs? The Hurricanes beat them two years ago, but this is a totally different Ranger team. The Capitals, the Penguins are older. Obviously, Ovechkin doesn't doesn't age, but the rest of the Capitals have choked in the playoffs the last couple of years. It kind of makes me think, like, why not us? And if if not if why not us? Why not go shopping? You're, ne- you're never going to have eight million dollars for the next four years, just like you said. And is that hurdle? I don't know. Who's that player that they're going to go for? Maybe it's two players. Maybe you go after. You know two- what it feels like. You know what it feels like to me, Ryan. What's that? I'm a really bad poker player, right? Okay. I'm horrible. You're very emotional. Yeah. Me? No. Yes. Um, <laughs> the octaves you hit. You're, imagine, imagine you're dealt pocket sevens. Yes. You don't feel great about it, but it's a, it's a pocket pair, so you want to play it. Yep. And then you're calling on the flop. You get a third seven. And say it's like, say the flop is ace. I like where seven, you're going with this. King. Yep. You have your three sevens. You're just you're telling me instead of going all in with your three sevens. You're just going to sit there and say, eh, I'm sure someone else has three aces or three kings. Right. So why would I do house. it now? Yeah. But why do it? No, guys, sometimes you're, the hand you're dealt is not the one you wanted, but you have to find out if it's the winning hand. And this is the only year that the New York Rangers will be able to see if they can win I hate when pocket. you do shit like that because it makes way too much sense. Like, you just painted a beautiful <laughs> picture for me. You made it make sense for everybody out there. And now I'm like, God damn it, the Rangers have to go all in at all costs. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it feels Ryan. miserable. Feel it. It feels miserable. It does. I, now Val- I'm starting Valley to think, like, would say feel the tingles, bro. That's true. Tingle. Hashtag tingle. We almost put that on the billboard. I, I can almost feel that. It might be two. Maybe it's two players at four million each. Who knows? How how much can you really push into this into this roster? Uh, is Chris Drury brave enough? Is he smart enough? These are all questions that okay, we have to figure that, out. I, that, that's a different. That's a different argument, right? It is. Do I feel Chris Drury is smart enough to push his chips all in? No, I don't. I really he don't. has to be. He, there, you can't. You cannot trade Pavel Buchnevich for what you did. I understand. At least I can possibly, maybe, tinyly see the logic on why they did it. I think maybe they thought they had Eichel. I think maybe they thought a couple other things were going to go their way. They didn't. 
and they, they might have let him this, walk. Whatever. I'm this, not... might, this might hurt your brain a little bit, what I'm about to say, but stick with me. Okay. I'd rather Chris Jury push all in for the right reasons but get the bet wrong than sit tight for all the wrong reasons and get the bet right. I, it did hurt my brain, but I do see yeah. what you're saying. In other words, it's good practice. Going all in to me is the move. So I now need Jury to show me he could get it right. Whereas I think folding is the wrong move, and I don't care. It, everything that happens after folding is nonsense to me because it's just not built from a place of logic. This is this, like I said earlier. This I just, just not, I, I wish, on. Ryan, more than anything, I wish that the Rangers in future seasons would go into the year with eight and a half million dollars in cap space. They will. It sounds not. like a wonderful luxury to have. They will. Not. It ain't gonna happen. This is it. This is the one year. So this is your one year you get to push your chips in and you get to go out there and get the really fancy piece. And, oh, by the way, the Rangers need a really fancy piece. They need two. So go <laughs> fucking do it. Well, okay. The second Dude. one's on defense, though, and we've had this conversation with Vince where I don't think the New York Rangers see a problem with what Patrick Nemeth is doing. They don't. So, they don't. And I we talked about this I also on think, OT. I also do think that the defense is easily upgraded in-house. I don't need to trade for a fancy defensive. Player. I'd want to start with Jones and Niels first and then go from there. Just see. Let me see it. I know it's small. Yeah. I know it gets run over. Can I Can I give you a kind of hot take? I, I think I'd rather see Snyder. I really would. I'd rather see Braden Schneider up here on a, playing a bottom six role. I think he's like good yeah. enough now to do it. I don't know if he's better than Jones right now. And, and Jones has the wet feet, right? Yeah. He's already been here. He's proven yeah. he can do it. He can do it. So yeah, I think I think I'd still give Jones first shake. Not saying Jones is going to be better than Schneider. It's just like, give me the guy that's at least had a taste, yeah. as opposed to the greenie. But my point is, you have the salary cap, you have the prospects, you have a clear need, and you have a playoff cushion at the top of your division. What the fuck are you doing? Push those chips in. Give me Jerry's number. We're putting something up in Trumbull. Am I going to have to go stand on street corners with a <laughs> megaphone? I do think, and I wish, you know, uh, for for many, 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 many reasons, we weren't going through another variant right now and blah, 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 all these things going on. But I would love to have a watch party at one of his pizza places. Like, it's 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 an amazing idea I wish we could do. Oh, boy. Not not for you? Yeah. Um, Protesting? Not, not for me. I just, I know how that goes for me. And uh, <laughs> not, not well? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen. I've done the unemployment thing. Got it. Got I'm it. I'm not really looking to do it again. Trying not to do that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, give me give me a couple months. Let me, revisit this in the summer. Happy holidays, Greg. Happy holidays. Thank, um, you, thank you. We don't have much more else to hit on here before we get to Ryan. Any other topics you want to talk about before we move on? Uh, boy, let's see. Well, baseball's still in a lockout. Yep. So... Baseball's still in a lockout. NBA and the NFL are going through a bunch of crap. Fun times. <laughs> I started Drew Luck. Drew Luck in my fantasy playoff today. Hey, by the way, you in that playoff? Anyway, uh, here's um, <laughs> here's <laughs> if you want more context, you can go listen to BSBOT, where yes. I used to have a, uh, a, a an absolute uh, meltdown. Meltdown, um, very fun. And uh, if you want to skip ads, you can also subscribe to the Patreon. But for now, and uh, I hope you all had a happy holidays. Promo code blue shirts if you're skipping this. Okay, thank you. We're going. We're Thanks. going transition. The holidays are almost here. And there's no better way to celebrate the holidays than by saying DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to New York. It won't be long until you can get and bet on all your favorite sports 
right here in the Empire State on the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, I will say not all of the bets you make are going to be free money like Brett Howden plus 500 to score a goal against the New York Rangers was. You know DraftKings for their daily fantasy contests. Now they've brought their expertise to sports betting so that sports fans everywhere can get on the action from their couch. DraftKings Sportsbook offers everything you would ever want from a sports betting app, player props, same game parlays, you name it, they have it. In just a short time, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home, including the ones that make you sad, with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbooks. It's safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, check out DraftKings and tell them I sent you, Greg, Greg Kaplan, this guy, me, by using promo code BLUESHIRTS. That's promo code BLUESHIRTS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, coming soon to New York. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for full details. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. Hey, we're back with special guest of the week, another Ryan, Ryan Hanna of the other independent top 10 podcast that covers only one team, Winged Wheeled Pod. Ryan, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Ryan, I uh, I so appreciate the intro. I need to hire you to rep the Winged Wheel Pod because you do it better than we do. So you, we have a sponsor right now words. that you literally helped us get. So congratulations. Thanks so much. <laughs> oh, did that come through? Oh, yeah. Brother, sponsor the podcast right now. Don't say who it is because it's not your sponsor. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm happy and you guys deserve it. So uh, Ryan, Greg, thanks for having me on. And I like the camaraderie. It's good. We need to just stick together. Thanks, bud. I have a, we'll, oh, talk, we'll talk off air. Promo code blue shirts. I'm also just realizing, Ryan, I, I haven't sent you a new one. You, you will get that done. We do uh, we'll talk off air, okay. but I have I have a new uh, – You, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I'm going to get you a new sponsor. So there you go. Very fun. Wow. Yeah, I know. Very oh, cool. Okay. Uh, let's get it right into it. Uh, the Red Wings were supposed to play the Rangers last night as this podcast has come out on a Tuesday. Uh, that did not happen as the NHL pushed back all games until at least Tuesday. And they'll be re- releasing when exactly they'll be replaying those games because they're not going to the Olympics any longer. We were going to break down that game, post-game, do the whole thing, be great analysts. You know how it goes. But instead, we're going to talk about prospect development, at least up front. Because you have two prospects on your team that have been um, on fire this entire year. And we have the first and second overall pick for two years in a row. And it's been a really controversial time for us. What's it been like as a Red Wing fan to kind of follow these two rookies that just have exploded? First of all, as a Red Wings fan, it's been you know nothing short of phenomenal. And I, I'm not trying to rub it in, and I want to come no, back please. to the Rangers side of this because I, I have a I have a bone to pick with the Rangers. They make me look stupid. But as a Red Wings fan, it, it's been fantastic. Um, everyone expected Moritz Sider to come in this year and and obviously make the team, and it wouldn't have been a crazy statement. And I think we said on the pod, Brad Crisco, one of the other hosts, has said uh, last season, Moritz Sider was probably going to end up being the Red Wings' best defenseman by the end of the season. Um, like five or six games in was a bit sooner than we anticipated. The real big surprise has been Lucas Raymond. We've been excited about Lucas Raymond from the moment he was drafted. We thought, you know, he was best player available at fourth overall. There was a good argument to be made that he could be um, justified at third over Tim Stutzla, who's a phenom in his own right. But Lucas Raymond comes doesn't didn't have the same advantage that uh, Moritz Sider had coming into the league. Moritz Sider was six foot a million 
played against grown men and dominated physically against grown men. Lucas Raymond also played against grown men, but he had more limited ice time in his first season and didn't obviously have the size advantage. So for him to come in and just completely blow everyone's expectations out of the water, uh, he's the best rookie in the NHL right now in my mind. Moritz Sider's not too far behind. Trevor Zegers is obviously in the conversation, but we haven't had Red Wings fans haven't had this kind of joy and happiness since, you know, the late two thousands when they were competing for cups. So, um, very big. We don't know what to do with our hands energy right now, but it's been special to watch. That's the word I'd use is special. Um, Moritz Sider. I want to talk a little bit more about him because he's one of the rare breed of prospects where on draft day, he was a high riser. I remember that. And I remember, teams being very excited about him but it was still in the moment stunning that the Red Wings took him as high as they did now usually when this happens it goes poorly for teams but Steve Eisenman is a practitioner of the dark arts how satisfying is that the word I should use that the Red Wings got this right satisfying is is absolutely right i'm gonna go a a couple steps further here and say it was crucial like it was necessary because the red wings in all their years of success i don't want to say we the, the red wings have bad luck it's just that the red wings have had too much cosmic fortune they've had too much success either through their own right or through luck and finding litstrom in the draft and zetterberg and datsuk and what have you um, they are never going to get draft lottery luck not like the rangers have had not like the devils have had not like you know anyone else has had so they needed to nail that pick, and they needed to nail the Lucas Raymond pick. I'll be honest. When Moritz Sider was picked, we were shocked. And, you know, disappointed is fair because we desperately wanted Trevor Zegras at that spot, and he fell to nine. Um, but we were just shocked. We actually liked Moritz Sider so much that earlier in the, the, the offseason, we did a whole preview episode on him to say, here's a guy who the Red Wings should pray falls to the early second round or pick 30 where they took uh, or whatever pick they had that year um, because he would be a fantastic steal at that spot. But we weren't anticipating six overall. He, he proved everyone wrong. We have egg on our face. We're happy to eat crow on this one. We're happy to be just so devastatingly wrong about what Moritz Sider could be. And there's a lot that goes into that. And it has to do with, you know, how Moritz Sider's coaches in Germany asked him to play in his draft year, et cetera, et cetera. But I won't go into it. Steve Eisman put faith in his draft team, and he went up there in a draft where he had just only really joined the team. And that took some that took some big steel ones. I, as someone who is a massive, massive fan of Steve Eisman, was pounding the table for Detroit to bring him back even before he did. I was blown away the fact that he did that. So credit to him, credit to the draft team. And the Red Wings aren't talking about accelerating or finally shaving years off the end of the rebuild if he didn't make that pick that day. Yeah, he, uh, it's really ballsy to do that. The Rangers did that uh, with a couple players like Leas Anderson, I guess, is one. I don't know if Leas Anderson was falling to the second round, right? But that was a disaster for the Rangers. And then uh, we were... uh, I mean, Heedle was not supposed to be a first round pick and it actually worked out. I do think we forget that from time to time very often and i mean you've made the point a million times that philip Heedle should be should just be looked at as the what the rangers picked in the top 10 in that draft and it's kind of kind of exactly what exactly happened uh leas has been obviously he's a king now and uh, he's totally gone didn't really get a fair shot here so with lucas raymond uh we were expecting lafreniere to kind of come out and i don't want to say be gangbusters right away but with, with, when you get a first overall pick you 
you have some certain expectations, especially of a player who scored 200 points plus in two years in, in, in juniors. So Lucas Raymond has come out and kind of been that player. And is is there any signs he's going to slow down? Is there any signs it's a fluke for you? Do you do you believe it? Is the talent all real? Give me give me all the gist. Oh, first of all, I think it's all real. I mean, I spend a lot of time watching Red Wings games just focusing it only on on Raymond Insider. Um, everything Raymond does is just it's real. It's professional. It's at the NHL level. It oozes skill and talent. It's all there. I think he's been given an opportunity to play with with Larkin and Bertuzzi, and those guys should not be discounted in terms of what they can do for a rookie. Giving them the the time and the space, they draw so much attention uh, away and create that that space on the ice. And Lucas Raymond is just so talented. He's so smart offensively, especially his hockey IQ is through the roof, and he's capitalized on that. It's just been a perfect storm of of opportunity and execution. Um, we've we've been warning Red Wings fans. Don't be worried if there's a slump. Don't be worried if there's a slowdown because these guys haven't played 82 game NHL seasons. Um, you know, the, the cancellation of the Olympics and this little mini break here, Raymond was just added to the COVID protocol today, but I mean, who hasn't been? Um, that aside, there are a lot of these little mini breaks built in, which I think is going to be advantageous to the rookies. Um, if you see small slumps, I think that's nothing other than just physical uh, adjustment. But other than that, it's all very, very real. I think the part, honestly, for me, that's surprising is what the hell is going on with Lafreniere? I, I haven't followed too closely, but this is a guy who, uh, of a lot of drafts that we've covered recently, I would have guaranteed Lafreniere would come out, you know, head and shoulders above as the number one overall prospect. So, I mean, I think maybe that's when we have you guys on the winged wheel pod to tell us well, what's Greg, happened. Greg could give you a little bit of summary right now if you'd like. I mean, feel free to oh, go, Greg. No. We'll, we'll save it for the winged wheel because I, I'll let you know when I'm worried. How about that? if that helps you at all. You brought up a name I'd much rather focus on because it speaks more about what's going on in Motown and what we can expect. Mark Stahl. <laughs> I forgot about him entirely. We'll, we'll get to Not him. who I had Keep going, mind. Greg. We'll get, we'll, get to, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Slow slow ride for Mark Stahl, like, uh, like his back-checking. Anyway, um, a popular name in Ranger trade circles this past summer, and I still think – Lingering now, but the Red Wings are playing better. So I think a lot of people have quieted down about it is Dylan Larkin. He's under contract next year. Um, he, the Red Wings weren't supposed to be this good this soon. So whether the Red Wings were going to trade or not trade Dylan Larkin has become a little murkier from your bird's eye view. How do you see Dylan Larkin playing out? Do you still think regardless of the success, the moderate success the Red Wings are having this year, could you see a scenario where if any GM in hockey understands the big picture, it's Steve Eisman, could he still trade Dylan Larkin? Nobody's untouchable. I, I think the only players you can really guarantee are not going to be traded on the Red Wings are, are Raymond and uh, Sider. That said, Larkin is about as close as you can get. And I understand, Greg, your your rationale here. Um you know, Detroit traded Anthony Mantha, even though he was a really strong talent, still in prime years and locked down on a good contract. But he didn't factor in age-wise into when they'd be truly cup competitive again in the rebuild. Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, the vaccination thing makes it complicated because he can't play in Canada as per the rules right now. So that has thrown a wrench in it. But if you remove that, he'd be a prime trade candidate. Again, playing the best hockey of his life, playing in prime years. Uh, the contract situation is a little dicey. He's had a couple tough negotiations with the Red Wings, but that aside, he'd be a good candidate to move. 
because that's just a timing thing with the rebuild. Here's the thing with Dylan Larkin. The Detroit Red Wings and their fans have been through some hell over the last half decade or so. Um, they have a brand new arena that was very expensive to build, somewhat on the back of taxpayers, but that's a different conversation. Um, and then they were playing like crap beforehand. They're coming out of a pandemic. Basically, this team cannot afford to lose a ton of money. This is a very heart and soul you know, franchise. You guys know, original six franchise. The fans, you feel it. It's part of the pulse of the city, and especially for Detroit, what the Red Wings have meant for for the city you can't go through that much losing and you can't sell absolutely everything and this is coming from someone who loves to boil things down to the absolute objective value on a on a spreadsheet how do you maximize value how do you put yourself in the best position possible etc cetera, etc cetera. the fact is dylan larkin was named captain and that means too much in detroit to just simply move him i think eisenman understands that and i think ownership understands that from every possible contact source connection I've had, I've not seen any serious conversation that Larkin would be moved even before this season. I don't anticipate it happening now. I think he's a Red Wing. I don't want to say for life. You never know what happens, but for the foreseeable future, I don't even think he's he's on the table unless someone's offering something absolutely lucrative. It's He's part of the identity for Detroit, and that matters for reasons other than just as silly as it is to say objective production on the ice which he's putting out right now that stuff matters it matters to all teams as as much as a spreadsheet junkies kind of like us and uh, especially uh, us on blue shirts breakaway here we're big time value boys get the value at all costs Uh, but you'll learn time and time again when you start following the nhl that's not what happens sometimes it is about the chemistry and it is about the personality yeah it's almost like ryan that they're people you know yeah yeah weird it is weird hmm (laughs) hmm Hmm, very interesting. Yes, yeah, so now that we've gotten all that out of the way, do you expect Larkin to kind of maybe go into extension talks next year? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, well, you know the way Eisman works, right? He's not afraid to go down to the wire. Yeah, no, he's not. not. For them, no, but um, Larkin has bought in. He's he's the identity for, for this Red Wings rebuild. I've never seen a guy who hates losing more in you know in in modern Red Wings times than, than Dylan Larkin, so I think he'll go into extension talks. If you're going to pick someone to take a somewhat team friendly deal, or at least get it done early, it'll be Larks, and and I think uh, I think that'll be a priority for the franchise as well. It's again they're they're human. The locker room chemistry matters, and they've done too much losing, and losing hurts prospects. And it hurts development. It hurts everything, morale, the wallet, everything. So they'll want to get him done, and they'll want to avoid all that crap. Do you expect? I, oh, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. I, well, sorry, Ryan. I, I, I'm dying to know something, and I, I need you to answer this for me. Um, what is it like following the team that not only has the only smart general manager slash president in hockey, but the general manager slash president in hockey that knows he's the only smart guy in the room? <laughs> it's uh, every day you were making comparisons to Ken Holland. That's what it's like. And it's it's so stupid because Ken Holland's gone and he did so much good for Detroit. And I, I, I advocate for him having a statue in front of the arena someday. But uh, Ken Holland's latter years in Detroit were just uh, an exercise in frustration and pulling hair out of your head. And so to go from Ken Holland and seeing what he's doing in Edmonton now to Steve Eisenman, it's... You're saying uh, you don't believe in Duncan Keith? No. Uh, come, on. <laughs> come on, Ryan. Why have Duncan Keith when you can have Mark Stahl is all I'm saying. Hey, uh-huh. w- w- listen, we'll get to Mark Stahl in a second, but I guess finish answering the question. It's it's He's a guy that's super quiet, conceited, 
Not conceded. Well, I, mean, I guess he is conceded well, too. He's conceded. Well, let me let me put it this way: We Ryan, this Ryan, the one that I usually talk to, is a big Tampa Bay Rays fan, I and am. he and I joke all the time because we're big baseball boys. If the Tampa Bay Rays call you and ask about anyone in your system, anyone, hang up the phone and figure out what the fuck it is they like about that guy. Yeah, that's how I feel about Steve Eiserman. Yeah, people should stop picking up the phone, honestly. And he's not without fault. I, I think he's made some. He, he's made a couple moves that are relatively minor. Where I'm like, ah, he probably shouldn't. Yeah, that yeah. Process. See, that's the thing. He's a smart enough piece of shit where he intentionally <laughs> he intentionally makes the bad trade. So the next time he robs from you, you're holding on to the hope that this is one of those bad trades he's making. Yeah, I uh, after the Mantha trade, I went on this Capitals podcast, and they're all good guys and. I was a big believer. I still am a big believer in Anthony Mantha. I think that guy has so much freaking talent. I just think it's impossible to tap into consistently. And they they asked me to go on there, and they're like, tell us why this trade makes sense for the Caps. And I was like, ah. <laughs> man, I don't know what to tell you other than they shouldn't have picked up the phone. It's not like the Caps got absolutely you know, robbed and they got nothing in return. But I, I saw that return, and I, I thought, I don't know how Steve does it. And at this point, I have to stop doubting him. What was the full return for people who don't remember? It was a first and... Uh, it was Richard Ponick, um, a first Jacob Rana for Anthony Mantha. Oh, yes. I have to look up the whole thing. Um, and there's some just, salary they got retained. A first, they, they probably got a first-round pick and the most talented, or at least player that lives up to his talent the most in that deal. It, fucking, fucking Iserman, man. <laughs> The guy's yeah. unbelievable. Anyway, Chris yeah, it... Drury. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I just it's. I just wish there. Were, I I do wish there. Were, it, it's a very selfish thing. I wish the Rangers had a Steve Eisman, but I just wish the league had more Steve Eismans because it would be more interesting. Instead, it's just we we follow this league where at least minimum thirty three percent of the league is just straight stupid, and you have this guy over here being like, oh, I, you guys are. Anytime Eisman really needs something and he knows he can get it on cheap, he's just going to call – well, he was going to call the Canucks. Now he's just going to call fucking Edmonton or fucking uh, – Arizona, anybody there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it, he just he just has a black book where he's like – he's ranked all the dumb dudes in order. And when he really needs something, he's going to start from the bottom and work his way down. Yeah. The thing is, I mean – I love Steve Eisenman and I think he's brilliant. I think he's the best GM in the NHL, but I don't think it needs to be that clear cut. I think there's so many other brilliant minds who can do the kind of things that Steve Eisenman is doing. It's just such an old boys club and it's just such a, they're so afraid of change and they're so afraid to go away from the ways they know. Uh -huh. Think of how many people and people say, okay, we'll name some names. You don't know their names. They're not, yep. the, that's not the way hockey works. They're the yes. assistant to the assistant GM or they're working in the analytics room or they're working in the player development side on the ice and they're, you know, half the time You'll working know them in 10 years. Preparing defensemen. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And the league is just so bad at pushing those guys up. And um, I, I think the Red Wings got very fortunate that Steve Eisenman was Steve Eisenman and that's why he was brought in because – you know, if if Steve Eisman, the player, turned out to be a shitty GM, he probably still would have been brought back. What was the in with Ken Holland? What was the quote you guys had from trading with Carolina this year from Eisman? You should ask them why they made the trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> admittedly, that was taken. The, the context and the tone was taken out of hand there, but yeah, Eisman basically doesn't like answering questions where he's very Bill Belichick like. Um, but it still holds true. Like I don't know, ask them why they made the trade. It's not me. Like, <laughs> That was the uh, Ned trade, right? Didn't they get like yeah. a pick on top of Ned? 
they traded Jonathan Bernier, uh, who was a pending UFA and who walked for, <laughs> and a third round pick for Alex Nedeljkovic. Cool, nice. Free. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for shopping. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. I appreciate I just, it. I listen. I'm happy the Red Wings are back and competitive, and I think the NHL is more fun place when they're back and competitive. Uh, but he's a piece of shit. I'm just jealous. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'll be, I, I'll wear it. I'm very jealous. It, it's, it's incredible that, oh God, I just remember we stand hard when the Rangers were searching for a president of hockey operations being like, listen, we'd love Eiserman, obviously, but he's going back to Detroit. I think we said that. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? Every time a week like, until they hired John Davidson. Yes. And then obviously Davidson's now gone. So he's in Columbus. Fun times. Uh, Fun times. Okay. Before we talk about Mark Stahl, I have – I really do want to save Mark Stahl talk for the last thing we bring up with you. Uh, a lot of people joke about how down bad New York sports are. But in comparison to what's happening in Detroit, I feel better. What? Uh, why does your life suck, essentially? Uh, oh, God. I – um. The, I must have let, done let something. Me, I feel like it's let me, my let me, fault. Yeah, let me, let me do a better job of painting this picture. The Tigers are horrendous. The Lions are somehow worse. The Pistons are somehow <laughs> worse. The Red Wings are your beacon of hope, and they're in your, in my opinion, probably still two years away from being truly year-in, year-out playoff contenders. How did this How did this happen to such a proud – take the Lions out of it. They're usually bad. But how, was, how did this happen to the Tigers, the Red Wings, and the uh, Pistons simultaneously? How many, just how many say, souls did you sell in the late 90s, early 2000s for those Red Wings and Pistons championships? Yeah, first of all, the Lions won't win as long as I live. They're a test from the devil for me to, to try and believe in something that's unbelievable, and I, I just simply refuse to fall in that trap. I'll watch the games, and I'll grumble, and I'll never expect anything. But no, it, it, I mean, the four cups – from from 97 to 08 there should have been a fifth one in 09 that was all of it the the part that really pains me as a detroit sports fan is that the tigers weren't able to capitalize while uh, mr i was still around um i need to keep my mouth shut about how much it sucks because it blows it's been so long since i've cared like about a real game that matters because the red wings haven't been in the mix for that long neither the tigers or the pistons but we had just had so much success how can i sit here and whine you know there's there's franchises that haven't had a sniff of what the red wings have had in the past 20 years across all of their sports when, when was 1994 let me check okay <laughs> <laughs> well no we went but to the finals it, it was fun we had a good time we lost yeah it it's it's shitty i actually it's a funny story i'm a i've become a big formula one fan and i'm a, a big Lewis Hamilton fan. He's one of my favorite, you know, sportsmen of all time. And uh, I was, for anyone who knows, I was very, very upset about what happened uh, in the last race of the season. And I actually had to go down and talk to my girlfriend and be like, hey, uh, since we started dating however many years ago, like half a decade ago, whatever it is, um, you have not seen me care about a sports event like this because nothing in Detroit has mattered since then. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm a lunatic when I watch sports and, and welcome. So, yeah, I have to warn you that this is a problem, and it's going to be a problem. Well, welcome. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. Hopefully the Red Wings can uh, can do that. I guess now I do have to ask. Um, we, the Rangers, traded Mark Stahl to the Detroit Red Wings, and you promptly re-signed him. But question mark, question mark, he's been okay slash good? Tell me what's going on with Marky over there. Here's the thing. Okay, first season, I think uh, Troy Stetcher did a lot in terms of uh... – 
he basically covered Mark Stahl's weak spot. So that pairing was actually net effective. Um, I don't think Mark Stahl's amazing. Good. He's hot spin su- yeah. <laughs> yeah. down. You're gonna you're gonna shock some people with that one. He's been surprisingly not bad though, and and that's the thing. I he, obviously his impacts on the ice are probably negative at both ends. Whatever. The Red Wings aren't in here to win games. They are completely decrepit on the left side of the defense, except for Nick Letty. And even some games lately, he's not been at his absolute best. So no one's expecting the world of Mark Stahl. Everyone's just kind of having fun with it. He's there. He's a veteran presence. He's very popular popular in the room. The guys love him. The rookies love him. And like we talked about before, that matters. Is he going to go out there and and do well for you? Most games, no. He'll have one in ten where you're like, hey, Mark Stahl looked great today. Mostly I love when he just like steps into the top of the circles and rips an absolute piss missile off the post or randomly like dangles along the boards to generate an offensive chance. First like, goal of the season. That Mark Stahl. In 2019, Mark Stahl did a wraparound goal. It was like, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> it's like the, he's hilarious to watch. And we've kind of like joked about how he's, you know, the Detroit's true star. Yeah. You know what? I was expecting worse from Mark Stahl. And so I'm pleasantly surprised. Do I hope they keep him around? No. Do I will I be upset if they do as like the third pairing slash seventh guy? No, he's he's been surprisingly not atrocious, and that for the Red Wings of late is a big win. <laughs> it helps you get the jokes off too. Uh, before we let you go, what do you what are your thoughts on the taxi squad uh, kind of idea that the NHL can is going to go with from now on the six players and et cetera? Uh, we were talking pre-show. I don't know what the real answer is, man. Like it's without getting into virus discourse here, one that I currently have. It's 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 a yet another changing circumstance, and I I think the NHL's best talent is tripping over its own feet and messing things up. That said, I don't know what the right answer is here. I think you're probably going to look at a wholesale reevaluation of what their standards are for you know sitting out for when you're healthy again. For when you actually have to be on protocol, what protocol is. I think some kind of taxi squad or something to try and patchwork the rest of the season is necessary. Is it perfect? No, God, no. I just, I can't sit here and criticize when I don't know what the right answer is. Well, let me, let me push you a little bit on that one. Is, who benefits from the taxi squad? How, how does the taxi squad make things better for the NHL team? What the NHL needed is essentially what the NBA is doing, where the NBA has these 10-day hardship contracts where if you need to fill your roster, don't worry about the salary cap, go fill your roster. That's essentially what the NHL needs to do, where if you have guys down, you should be able to call guys up freely, no waivers, no nothing. Bring them up and when just call it an emergency recall and be able to send them right back down. From where I sit, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think any team should be putting – any of their notable prospects on these taxi squads just so they could practice and chill with the team? What's the point? Just make the rules so that when you are hit by the virus and you have three spots open in your lineup, you're not worrying about the salary cap to fill those lineups. That, I, I I really don't think this one was that hard to fix, and the NHL still quite, hasn't quite gotten there. My devil's advocate response here is that this is probably down to some nuance or maybe even significant differences between the NBA and the NHL CBAs. Um, But 
I don't think what you said is wrong. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think maybe they just tried the taxi squad last year. That's what it worked. That's what worked for them. So they're going back to what's familiar. I don't know. The NHL I don't know if going it's, back it's... to what's familiar. A, tra- a, a tradition <laughs> as old as time. And I rip on them. And here I am advocating for, you know, don't be so hard on them because we don't know what the right answer is here. It's... I am admittedly a, a little bit of a traditionalist with the rules. And I, I'm not mad at the like, for example, what the Tampa Bay Lightning did because I think. It's- oh, we oh, are. Yeah, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Traditions <laughs> with the rules. Traditions <laughs> with the rules. You signed the chief cheater. You fuck. He's running your team. You're gonna have a talk with old Stevie Y about what the salary cap actually means, friendo. No, Greg. Let me let me be clear with you. I don't mind when the rules are bent or when things benefit In the revenues directly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> and totally, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, we would do no. the same thing, but it's okay. I. I... The NHL, much like every public health unit, much like every state, province, et cetera, in North America, no one has had any foresight either when they've been able to or when things have kind of blindsided them. This should have been something that had should have been provisioned or, or planned for months and months ago at the start of the season. They've had to make this decision with almost literally hours in hand at most. Um, and I think you're going to see the plan change again. So, you Greg, are. I don't think you're wrong, but it's – they're 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 scrambling to catch up right now. I'll be shocked if if the Red Wings play um, in Long Island on on the 29th or whatever it is. I, I just I can't imagine they get back that soon. And if they do, they're going to have to pause again. It's just a shit show right now. Absolutely, all all sports leagues. Ryan, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Uh, want to plug everything you do at Wing Wheeled? Yeah, we're at uh, the Winged Wheel Podcast, at Winged Wheel Pod on Twitter. Um, look for us wherever you find your podcast, wherever you listen to these guys. We're on YouTube as well if you want to see our ugly mugs and my receding hairline. Um, and let me just say, Ryan, Greg, you guys do a, a phenomenal job. I don't spend any time listening to other podcasts because I don't have a commute and I have a low attention span. But uh, on this show, you guys genuinely do a great job. So I uh, appreciate you. I appreciate you, all your listeners. And uh, let's have you on our show next time. Yeah, we'll come on and hang, we'll hang out. When they actually play, we'll figure something out. Us, when they us actually big play. Bag, us big bag independents have to stick together there, bro. That's it. It's our only option. There's literally only, we like each other there's only two of us, Ryan. It's just us. <laughs> You've seen the list, right? You've gone through it, too. Oh, it's just us. We've actually we've actually just been signed. But no, I'm kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, keep, keep Listen, independent. If that Same. company rhymes with company X, no, I don't. Another, <laughs> another day. Another day. We're getting out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Break. We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. And as always, I'd like to thank our Patreon subscribers, part of the NHL Insiders Club here at Blue Shirts Breakaway, for being the sole reason we can continue to do this podcast along with other Patreon members, but I'm going to thank them by name. But first, I want to thank all of you for supporting us through another oh, fucking Slack notification. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I'm going to leave it in. I'm, leaving, I do the, I'm doing one take here. I'm a piece of crap. Really am. But you out there listening, I can't believe I just did a Slack notification. I'm, a, I'm the worst. I really am garbage. You out there listening, though, are not garbage. Thanks for hanging out with Greg and I in 2021. Hopefully, the Rangers have a lot to talk about in 2022. It should be an interesting rest of the year. All right, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtula, Adam Cheech, Keech, Keech. Oh, man. I said I would keep this going, right? Adam Cheech, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggie's Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ, Stellwagen, Daniel Day, Dayzen, David Meriden, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, Give Gartner a Cup, Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handel, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop Jorge 89, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, J- Justin Friedman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Burke, Kyle Franklin, Lazar Krakowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Klein, Max Nielsen, Patrick Kovarev, Randy Tester, Stephen Lomayer, Steve Bulbach, who had the Swedish rink, 
I posted it on Twitter on Christmas. I retweeted it. You could go see it. His rank is incredible. You have to go check that out. Swingard, The Drop BK, Eric Carlson, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy O'Neill, Tory from Manhattan, Upstate Vin, and rounding it out for 2021, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot thank you all enough for being here. I have some New Year's resolutions of my own. Personally, I'm going to get back into shape. That's right. Best shape of my life. It's coming back. It's going to happen. And if you have any uh, things you'd like to share or anything you'd like me to hold you to, reach out. Let's all encourage each other this year and stay together and see if we... It's been a hell of a two years anyway, but it's probably better, best if we stick together and, uh, you know, keep each other tabs. What do you want to accomplish this year? And we can, you know, we have a great community here. Not sure why we can't keep each other honest. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Let's get to it. Let's get it together. You know what I really want to accomplish? A playoff cup run for the New York Rangers. Igor Shosturkin, Artemi Panarin, Fox. They're not getting any younger, I have to admit. Greg has convinced me on the all-in. I probably still wouldn't do the off-in for uh, hurdle trade, but... Never, nevertheless, I'm still very interested on making maybe a couple spicy moves that I'm going to investigate over the next couple weeks. Happy New Year, happy holidays, and thanks so much for supporting us. We love you guys. We'll be back next... Oh, actually, we might be back on BSBOT, depending if the Rangers actually play on Wednesday night. We'll record after. All right, love you guys. Bye.